Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And welcome to Strongcast. I'm Mark Boyd. I'm here with Mr. Sullivan. How's it going? All good? Very good. Uh, and we're here with... I'm very good because fellow Welshman... Uh, yeah, I know. I know we had me and the Scotsman Paul Weir on and now we have you two on. Yeah. Christine Williams. Teamwork makes the dream work. Let's do it, man. How are we, I'm very good. Very good. All is well. Yeah. Yes. Very busy man at the moment. Yeah, Just busy. talking off camera there with uh, also the wife. Yeah, yeah. Very busy. Everything's going in the, the right direction. Smooth. But uh, busy, busy, productively busy, you know. Well, we'll get into that. First, though, let's take us back. Let's uh, have people listen to uh, where you've come from, what the backstory is, sport, growing up, fitness, journey into sort of like health, obviously successful bodybuilding. Give us a little uh, start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Go on. All right, so I'm Christian Williams. Christian William Williams, actually, so don't laugh. It was a gift so and a good. bit of a curse. So good, they named him twice. They named me twice, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it was like a bullying tactic at school to strengthen me up, but it definitely worked. So, so yeah, I'm from a small town in, in South Wales, Merthyr Tydfil, you know, very hardworking, industrial-type kind of country town. A lot of iron works, a lot of the metal valleys. work. The valleys. For anyone yeah. listening. The, the valleys. valleys yeah. Yeah. The valleys. But a lot of hard working people, you know. Gypsies. Yeah. It's a type of place that you would get hit if you walk in the gym with a pair of leather gloves on, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, okay, yeah. No joke, you know. It's like there's boots and there's paint on your overalls. That's what's required, you know, for yeah. the gym. That's the gym attire. So you know, I come from a very rough town. I was brought up without a father, so really, you know, I had to learn to get tough. I was kind of like the man of the house at a young age. I have an older sister as well. Throughout my kind of childhood, I was a bit of a chubby kind of teenager. And then I stumbled across the weights room. Then I was able to vent all my frustration, all my pain, all my confusion, really, you know, in, into the weights room. I saw my body change uh, dramatically, you know, within six weeks. And I went on this fitness kind of journey. You know, went off to compete as a bodybuilder, Mr. Wales, Mr. England, Mr. London, represent the UK in the World Championships, represent the, the UK in the Mr. Universe competition. And my training at the time was all fueled by the mindset of kind of negativity. 
you know, I'd kind of use that frustration in a way to kind of vent me forward. But I would also create that environment even when I didn't have it. So, you know, I'd walk into the gym and I'm sure you do this now. I, I'd find any reason to kind of, you know, penalize myself that, you know, I wasn't good enough. And yep. it was a very positive outcome it was leading to because it was developing a physique. And probably only till about three or four years ago when I was starting to understand more about mindset and, and mindfulness, I realized, you know, I was becoming the victim of my own kind of reality and I started changing my perspectives on myself. So that's kind of what got me through my bodybuilding kind of career. Like I said, Mr. Wales, Mr. England. And to come away from the mindset that was developing so much kind of positive success, it was very, very difficult transition because once you've used kind of mentality, which led to positivity, it's kind of difficult to change that. So I went through this kind of transition period where I had to learn a new kind of approach to outcome. Uh, and then I did. So I, I saw my body change. I started, you know, bringing in meditation kind of practices into my routines, not really focusing on anything apart from the, the presence of now. And my, my lifts improved. You know, uh, my body recovered because my nervous system wasn't so stressed. You know, up until that point, I mean, I've been in Dubai for four years and a half. I've, I've known you for that time, you as well. My training was kind of altering around that time. But before then, man, it was like abusive workouts, yeah. you know. I was like really like finding a way to just to crush myself, really, and trying to push myself to my own limitations and, and really fascinated by how far I could push the body, how much I was willing to push the body, mm. you know, and that the discipline of not just the discipline with the nutrition and the training, but, you know, to go in all in. Yeah, without whatever the outcome is, and then I, I obviously very fascinated with doing that in many areas. You know, my my physical body, emotionally, mentally, and and spiritually as well. And you know, now that I've transitioned away from bodybuilding, I've started to realize that the, the true, unlimited potential is actually in being, not in physical. You know, and the the limitation is is endless of when you can push your kind of like spirituality and. And, you know, I'll share this with you and obviously pass the mic across then. I look at any form of kind of uh, training itself as body, mind, spirit. And what I mean by that is, you know, at first you, you fight in the body. The body starts to, you know, the lactic acid builds in or, you know, the, the, the muscles ache and whatever it may be. Then you go into this like phase where the mind comes in and then the mind is trying to stop you from going to the next level, Right. And then once you break through this barrier, you go into this like, it's almost like a spiritual dimension where you don't really feel the body no more. You don't feel anything no more. And you just, you're just able to keep pushing. Now, obviously you don't really get this in like one rep maxes because it's, it's, it's either do it or don't. But you get this more in endurance sports, I find, and, and resisted training where you're not using your maximum weight for low reps. You're using a weight where you're pushing through that barrier for like reps after reps after yep. reps. So yeah, that's kind of my story. Obviously in Dubai now, four and a half years, we run a fitness company. We help many people transform the way they look, the way they feel, the way they think, and potentially the way they live. Honestly, that's a great, like <laughs> something I've, I've, it kind of resonates and uh, something I've not literally heard, but gone through the processes of talking many aspects there. Like I'm going to pull, pull us back into Th one of the things you pointed out do you think that negative energy that you turned into positive success do you think 
that's something that's toxic in the long run. Do you think that's something you like? You can't it will wear you down. You talk about yeah. it being stressful in the nervous system and stuff like that. Do you think that's something? I, I think hundred percent. I mean, you know, if I often say to people, my clients and just friends, you know, if if I was saying to you that you're not good, you're never going to amount to anything, you're weak, you're pathetic, you'd think, you know, F off, get out of my way. You're not a friend. I don't even want to be around you. And sometimes we be that person to ourselves. Yeah. And it's programming our minds to believe that we are weak. And, you know, and, it, you know, it's all reprogramming. It's needed then. But, you know, I was literally. Is that what you do going into the gym? Is that what you, like, That's what I used to do. I mean, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't think that, I didn't feel that, but I would create the scenario. So what I would do is I would drive up to the gym and I'd be like, like listening to music and I think of just people, uh, even I'd create it. So some of it was not even real. It wasn't memories, but I would like create a scenario of like, you know, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Am I? Yeah. All right, then I'm going to fucking show you like type yeah. of attitude, which was good because I would lift like a lot of weight for repetitions um, but it was it was in a very negative way. It's like uh, abuse, right? Yeah. Psychological abuse. It's fascinating and to hear it from that standpoint. Oh, that for you sure. wouldn't say it to other people, so why are you saying it to yeah. yourself? And that yeah, is yeah. it's it's baffling, really, isn't it? Because like you are just putting yourself down. Yeah, and uh, you know, yeah. At the time, I'd wake up in the morning and little things like I was aware of, like if I was, you know, if I wanted to get up at six a.m. and I got up at six thirty, I'd be like. Oh, you don't ruin the know, day, you, idiot. You should be up, like, you know. And so I started understanding that this mentality was carrying over in many ways in my life. And it was very, it was very limiting mm. because I was in a constant kind of uh, fight to prove myself. But I had nobody to prove again. It was like nobody. Yeah. It was a sit environment I created. It was just. It was no one cares that you just got a half hour late. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's just really sad, really. But again, I don't think people have. I think a lot of people live this way. Yeah. Um, and I, a lot of it comes from the programming of our first, you know, seven, seven years. And you could stretch to 12 years of our life, you know. And like I said, I was growing up without a father. So immediately, as like a narcissistic child, because every child is narcissistic, right? I mean, you think the world is your problem. Everything is related to you. Immediately, you know, the, the subconscious mind is going to think, well, that's my fault mm. and you're going to start blaming and then that's where the cycle kind of tends to start so the the what started off was like a very you know positive fruitful path once i didn't you didn't have that mentality i was still creating it and i almost had to divorce that mentality and marry a new way of thinking yeah you know which was positive right it's, it's mad because I know I know a lot of the top athletes actually have that mindset yeah. of negativity, mm. channeling that negativity, and it's interesting you say like you end up making scenarios up in your head. And there's a there's a good example that sort of comes to mind is when uh, Eddie Hall was doing the 500 kilo deadlift impossible feat at the time, and uh, I remember he he told us um, saying that in his head he imagined that a car was on his mm. kid. And he was picking up a car, might not be word for word here, but he was imagining mm. that he was, he went to this dark place and he was picking a car off his kid and trying to save his kid. And it's just like, man, it's a really dark place you need to go yeah. to. Like, is it necessary? Is it toxic in the long run? Like, as you say, like, it's, it's, it's something that can it's definitely traumatic. wear you down mentally. 
I mean, I, I'll share something quick if you don't mind. Um, you know, John Jones, we were training one time in Train SF, and we, I, I was experimenting. Like I said, I like to find my limitations, so I would use different, different triggers, really, you know, different emotions. And I was doing the leg press. I witnessed some of your you, you boys' leg sessions. <laughs> yeah, so, and this was like, this was diluted, you know. <laughs> Our witness Wet never got involved, just from <laughs> afar. Just like John's the idiot. John loves it as well in yeah. terms of like, going to that level. So we were training and we were on the leg press. And I, I remember lifting a weight. It wasn't uh, like, it wasn't obscenely heavy, but it was a struggle to get to like 12. Okay. So um, I put more weight on it and I said to John, John, I want you to watch me here because I'm going to do as many as I can do. And I didn't tell him what I did, but I imagined my mother was on her knees, okay, and somebody had a gun to her head and I really meditated on this, this, this thought. And if I knew I had one more rep in me, it wasn't if I get to 10 or I get to 12, if I knew I had one more rep in me, the trigger was going to get blown and her head was going to splatter, okay? And I really focused on this. I, like I said, I put more weight on there, on, and the, I already struggled for 10 to 12. And I really, like, focused every rap I did. I thought, can you do one more? And as soon as I just responded, I know I can. If I didn't do it, she'd get blown away. And I did, like, something like 84 repetitions, something disgustingly stupid. You know, I was just, like, <sighs> powering them out. And obviously, you know, the result of that is, like, you're on the floor, and your heart's pounding, and you feel like you're going to die. But it was an experiment, really, of how far you can push it with the right motivation. So to go back to your question, is that needed? I don't really know because a lot of people use that mentality. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I find I, I've been in the same position as well, and that com competitive environment is is really going to a dark place. I think what you said though, if you can use it for the positive outcome, mm. but then be able to switch it off, mm. it's yeah. if you fall into the trap of that's the way you end up thinking yeah and and other aspects of your life start taking a toll like because of that thinking but if it's in the training you can walk in the gym switch it on switch it off yeah fight camp training camp whatever it is then i guess it's not a bad thing to push yourself to that limit i mean it depends i guess on you know and you're absolutely right so what i was noticing is i was noticing it was carrying over mm. you know and um the, the difficult thing I, I've been aware of is once you see an outcome of something, it's very difficult to change uh, the formula, you know? So you have you see people like who are like terrible CEOs, but they, they run a really good company. So their way of talking to people, they might not agree with, but it's delivering results. Whip them and shout at them and make them motivated by being scared, and it works. So I, I think the, the problem is that I was finding is probably on a subconscious level you can trans transition that mentality into like business relationships and it, it then it can become very detrimental to positivity yeah. right yeah no for yeah. sure so you talk about then you had this change you had this divorce mm. from that mindset what was the what was that sort of realization or that thing that made you sort of have a step back and and, and look at that and change and then going forward yeah. So I Where when you're at now. So when Ben Bacalski came to Dubai and he was doing one of his workshops, so I went to one of his workshops, <clears throat> and obviously I was fortunate to to spend a lot of time with Ben. And you know, whenever I've gone to webinars and seminars, I mean, once I got over the fear of speaking in public, which we can discuss if you want, but I would ask a lot of questions because I think I want to obtain as much as I can. 
So Ben was giving me a lot of useful, um, you know, knowledge. And I remember sharing something similar to Ben. And he, at the time, he was he was teaching us how to go from a, a sympathetic state to a parasympathetic state fast. So what he was saying is, the only time ideally you want to be in a sympathetic state is when you're actually lifting, not in the gym, when you lift in, and then when you're in between your lifts, like the rest, you want to be in a parasympathetic state. You want to get the heart down low so it can recover fast, so you can push again, right? So he was talking about this recovery in between sets, you know, in terms of to get your, your adrenaline down, get a heart rate down so you could push peak again. Whereas before then, I was in this like rage mode from before I walked into the gym. You know, I'd be like, right. <sighs> like in the between bolt. sets, yeah, like yeah. stomping up and down, like don't talk to me, mm. you know, don't even look at me. So he said to me, he asked me a question and I was telling this to him and he said, you know, why did you start training in the first place? I said, well, because I wanted to feel better. He said, okay, so when he was training, was it making you feel better? I said, yeah. He said, is it now? And I said, well, not really, because in the time I'm training, I actually feel terrible. I feel like a victim. I feel aggressive and I feel like I'm retaliating. So he's like, well, you're defeating the whole point of why you started. You're not feeling better in the work or you're feeling worse. So obviously then I was like, aha, the mindset it kind of um, flicked. And then obviously at the same time I was getting more into meditation. So I started doing what Ben was saying. And rather than looking at my watch, I would, I would feel my pulse. And his, his thought process was if you focus in, you know, internally, not externally on devices. So if you feel your pulse and literally try to calm your heart rate down by feeling it. It started me getting getting me internally connected with my body and only thinking about the present moment in the sets. And I was I was seeing my, my workouts were improving. I was like, I'm doing more reps. I'm able to I'm recovering better, not just from the workout, but in between the sets. And my body is changing. It was it was like that year I was prepping for the Mr. Britain. I came second. It could have been first. A lot of people said first and, and so forth. But I looked the best I've ever looked. I was like bigger. I was harder. It's like my body was healthy. And I think it was because my mind was healthy. So I, I saw that and I was like, well, this is not the way forward. I saw a better path to success, I guess. Brilliant. That was brilliant. And then that transferred like obviously your bodybuilding sort of stopped around then competitively let's say you still yeah. go to the gym religiously business wise what you've tried to grow and what you now pass on to people and you've talked about your public speaking just tell us a little bit about that and how that came about yeah so you know there was a time where i was really afraid to speak like you know in in like i remember it all stemmed back from when i was in the in school you know i don't know about yourself but the, the teacher would go around and we would have to get up and speak like read something and I'd be so conscious about not being able to read what she what was there. I'd like make an excuse to get out of the classroom or I've got a tummy ache or just, you know, looking back, it was just an excuse to get out of the way. So what I used to find is whenever we had like team meetings and I'd be in a room of just like 10 people I was familiar with. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'd have team meetings every single week, and all we'd have to do is get up and say, you know, I'm Christian Williams. I'm from you. This I've been you. Just an introduction about yourself. I would get daunted by this, you know, thought. I'd be like, you know, it'd make me lose sleep. So I knew that obviously, you know, when I started looking at, you know, business goals and, you know, being on platforms and being able to speak, I knew it was something I had to get over. So when I, I, I actually signed up with a business coach and I was telling him this thing, I was saying, okay, I have a really problem in speaking in front of people. I mean, 10 people is, is daunting. And even when I went on this business kind of course, it was like 10 or, 10 or 20 entrepreneurs, you go, you share your business ideas, you know, in front of everyone. So I would ring the kind of uh, concierge and I would say, um, am I going to be, you know, sharing, you know, my business ideas in front of everybody or just one-on-one? Because I was concerned. So I told him and he said, okay, so what I want you to do in three weeks time, you're going to deliver a speech in front of a thousand people in Dubai. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I had three weeks to kind of learn a speech, all right, and get over my fear of speaking. And, and like I said, I'm all about kind of pushing myself. So I, I like leaning into fear yeah. and I like being afraid because you're going into the unknown, really. So I learned my speech and um, three weeks later, I got up on stage in front of a thousand people and I, I delivered a speech on taking action and overcoming fears and i was doing exactly what i was talking about on stage yeah, yeah. that's brilliant, brilliant yeah. like, you know when <laughs> people come up to me and were like oh you know how long you've been speaking i got invited <laughs> to speak the next day in abu dhabi in, a fr- in front of 500 people yeah. i said yes i got invited to speak at a you know meditation center that same year they invited me to speak in the trade center in front of 3500 people and I had no fear at all then. It was all excitement. It was all about, you know, motivation and, and spark in that. So, you know, as I'm progressing now throughout my kind of life, I guess, I'm I'm starting to realize there are a lot of kind of childhood traumas that are having a kind of a limitation on, on where I want to get to. You know, it could be like I mentioned about this kind of guilt, I guess, of or blame of losing somebody. Not that I consciously thought that. But even like I said this now about speaking in school and there's many situations in my past life that I'm thinking, okay, I need to dissolve this way of thinking in order to get to where I want to get to next. So like I said, I'm excited and it's it's a journey I invite everybody on. It's awesome. I like that. Especially on that public speaking one, deal with it head on. Yeah. It's like and there's things like that we take for granted as well as public speaking is, is yeah. for some people it comes naturally, for some people it doesn't. And like the fact that you've went up and spoke about taking action and, and public mm. speaking, like that's all it takes. You need to take that leap of faith into these things and, and with the right, right mindset in order to change. 
Yeah, so fear is like a wave, right? That's the way I look at it. You know, wave, when if you saw like a tsunami or a big wave in the ocean, your immediate instant reaction is to swim away or run surf away, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, surf it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know if you run, it's going to catch you, it's going to get bigger and it's going to crush you. The best thing to do is go towards it, get over it, because the other side of that wave yeah. is calmness, right? So the fear, if you don't get over the fear, it's always going to be there and it's going to get bigger and yeah. bigger. So the way I take things on now, if I feel fear in anything, I go, okay, I'm leaning into it. It's a head on, yeah. Because it's, it, otherwise it's going to get bigger. And I have to face it eventually. It always dies with me, you know? Yeah. Brilliant. That is a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Face fear head on. Don't run away from otherwise it. Otherwise it gets bigger and you die with it. Yeah. Like, that's true, right? Well, yeah. So not I think we're going to have a good answer for the next one. Oh, yeah. What does the word strong mean to you? It's a very good question. I'm going to hedge my bets and say that that's probably changed over the years for you as well, okay. what it means to you. Yes. So what it means to me, first of all, so I'd like to just share something. So I was born with this, like, strength, like ability. I really was, like, you know, physically, mentally, like emotionally, it was, it was just something that came natural to me as a kid. I remember, you know, being in the weights room and I was, a, I was a short, small kid, but I was able to lift a lot of weights, you know. And then obviously, you know, challenging lifting a lot of weights with a lot of repetitions and going through that pain. I realized the mental strength that, that takes, you know, and the, the, the willingness to go to these levels. So I honestly think strength is, is literally everything. Because life is, life is is a series of challenges, okay. And I, I believe that is the purpose of why we all here is to build strength, okay. Because it's it's a series of challenges. It's brutal, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally. It's brutal. And unless you got strength, you got no feet to stand on, you know. And a lot of the scriptures, and I'm not a religious man. But a lot of the scriptures, they talk about this. You know, you think about like Noah and the ark. I mean, people think maybe it's right. There was a man building an ark, you know. Maybe what it means is if you don't build enough stability, when the flood comes to crash in, and that could be the breakup, that could be a death, that could be something that's a gush of overwhelming feeling. If you're not strong enough. All that fear. All that fear, you're going backwards. If you're strong enough, you can sail any storm that comes. So I think that strength is why we're here. And that's why I want that, that promotion now from this, because, you know, your, your logo and your, your company is strength, right? So I did yeah. a good job. <laughs> Main ambassador. I think that's the best articulated answer we've had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering someone that doesn't like public yeah. speaking, you do it. Yeah, really hold well. on. Oh, I love it now. Yeah, yeah. you're catching us on. That was a great analogy, wasn't it? That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So now you can use that. Yeah, Strength it, yeah. is everything. Strength is <laughs> Remember no one in the ark. <laughs> Don't go too no deep. You Don't go too deep. have like protesters outside. <laughs> petrol bombs or maybe not so much petrol. It might just be like cushions of uh, love. Cushions of, cushions of love. <laughs> go on. You can you can have the honours of this one. I mean, I don't know if we can top any of the analogies he's had. No. What would Christian Williams do to change the world? I know there's many things we can change, but what would you do? What would you start with? What would you like to see? How would you make it a better place? So 
you know, I, Wayne Dyer says his best, and he's a very good philosopher. He says, if you want to change the world, start with you. Okay, so the first thing I would suggest you doing, which is what I'm doing, I'm trying to be the best version of myself. I'm going into myself and I'm, I'm analyzing and I'm not penalizing, but I'm thinking, okay, how did I conduct myself there? First of all, how did I respond physically? So if somebody cuts me up in the car, if somebody upsets me, how do I physically respond? Then how do I emotionally or intellectually respond? Do I curse them in my mind? So I'm going into becoming the best version of myself, okay? And in doing so, all I can do is keep speaking about this and encourage everybody to do the same. Because I honestly believe if everybody tries to be the best they can be, the world will be it's such a beautiful place to be. And I don't think individually, I don't think collectively, you know, one man can do it, but individually, everybody can collectively do it, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. sharing that message of, okay, you year to build strength mm. within, you year to work on yourself, and you year to be the best version you can be, and in doing so, the world and the experience for everyone will be the best. Start internally, influence locally, affect globally. Uh, globally. Globally. And what destroy? You, what did you destroy? <laughs> actually <Yeah>. galactically <laughs> take over? The <laughs> Darth Vader. Over we should have stopped. What are we doing it. tonight, Pinky? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing we do every night. <laughs> what did you just say that you analyze? You said, yeah. So, um, and that's another really interesting. A thought because once you start taking on more responsibility to be good you know because there's one thing like like i said let's say you know let's say you're a jerk to me and the past me would just punch you in the face literally it would do when i was a kid i would have just i would have hit before i got hit and i if somebody stepped on my foot i would just hit them <laughs> it's just ridiculous you know okay so you control that behavior you don't respond okay then verbally okay maybe i'll call you a jerk well, that's not very nice. Okay. Well, maybe I don't hit you. Maybe I don't call you a jerk. But maybe then I think you're a jerk. Okay, now I need to control that because that's not good behavior on a superficial level, right? So what I mean by that is constantly every day I'm reviewing and observing myself as almost like a third person. I'm not penalizing myself but rewarding myself. But I see myself as a child. You know, like as a, as a child, you know, in terms of the, you know, we're all born into like a, a 3.6 billion year old biological suit, right? I mean, because there's a lot of DNA carried with us that got us to this level. So we child, we children, right? We, we you know, 30 whatever years old, but we children. So I review myself as that, observe myself that, and I think, okay, what am I doing that's good? And what am I doing that's not good? And along my way, what I'll realize is some things I thought were good, are not good so i don't dwell and regret and and beat myself up on them decisions i made what i do is i think okay the next time i'm in that same situation now i know the outcome of it now i know the outcome could go in a way that i don't think is good so now i make a different decision and that's what i mean by that is being an observer of yourself your actions your thoughts and and just trying to be as close to the line you know, like straight and narrow as you can be, but also knowing that temptation is always going to come mm. to test you because that's the point. And it's about strength again, look, 
be strong because yeah. if you're not strong uh, you're going to get pushed over or pulled have you um read the power of now yeah well i didn't read i listened to it, you listened um, to it on yeah. my cycling journey it's like seven and a half hours long yeah yeah no no i read it right? i read it yeah it's class yeah. yeah it's good really good for anyone who's listening like you've just sure touched on that then you've started cycling a lot now yeah but yeah because um do you find I, that as a release or? well it's like masturbation i think no, <laughs> 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 no but on, honestly what happened to me is you know i was um very focused on bodybuilding and as much as I was training to build a body, you know, I was getting a lot of dopamine release from it. It was very addictive. I was loving the progression of, of pushing myself and so forth. So when I kind of retired from bodybuilding and I decided, okay, you know, I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I, I achieved a look that I wanted to achieve and it didn't give me the same kind of thrill. I stepped away from bodybuilding and then my training intentionally took a back step because you know if you don't have the intention of being the best you want to be your biggest and strongest you it doesn't make sense to go and lift as much weight as you can because now you're like well why i you know it doesn't make sense so i went through this period of you know deliberately not training as hard as i could train because it wasn't necessary anymore but i went for this period of like limbo i wasn't getting my dopamine fix you know so this was probably like a, a year and uh, maybe like 14 to 16 months. But I was pushing my business and I was doing other things that were giving me that kind of satisfaction, but not physically. And then I got invited to go cycling and I went. And then I was like, wow, now I can push my body without, you know, hurting my joints and really challenge myself physically, but without, you know, be, being worried about slipping a disc or whatever. And then it, it pulled me in. So I was... And that's another level of, of push because, you know, at some point in my cycling, man, my heart rate, I remember like going up the stick for like 30 minutes. It was 188 beats per minute, like for 30 minutes. Like, and I'm like, like, I don't know the outcome of pushing my heart this hard for this long. I mean, I don't know. Am I going to, I could <laughs> die. Like, and you're going through that mental barrier. So to answer your question, yeah, I've been cycling a lot more because now I, I'm pushing my body physically through the cycling and I'm getting that dopamine release from it or the dopamine fix. And yeah, and it's a great opportunity to listen to a lot of audiobooks and have you got any that you would advise anyone to listen to? Yeah, there was a brilliant one I listened to recently, which um is called The Big Leap. I don't know who the kind of author is. The Big Leap, which is um it talked about a lot, a lot of limited beliefs. And the guy talks about how he believes like a lot of diseases and so forth are related to our own way of thinking. And also, you know, beliefs as in like, if you've got any limited beliefs, like where you want to take this company, right? I mean, how, how, how far do you want to take it? And a lot of it can be because of limited beliefs. So that was a really good one. Another brilliant one, anyone who's listening and including yourself, so, you know, building a business or has a business, um, is an entrepreneur, is one called uh, Traction. And this is a fantastic book, Traction. And it talks about, you know, entrepreneurship. It talks about having you know, a different people in different seats and making sure you have everything in the right place. Uh, that's a good one. And the other one is the book that I wrote, which is called Start a <laughs> Fire in Your Heart. That is, a, that is probably the, the one I'd recommend the most, which has come to me. Where, where is it available? <laughs> it's available on Amazon. It's available on... In all good bookstores. Yeah. 
it's available man that is a really good uh, it honestly from a non-biased it's a good book because what you see is can i share a little bit about the book yeah, yeah of course please. okay so my father as i mentioned died when i was six okay my father wrote in a diary for the last four years of his life okay documented all his thoughts and feelings <clears throat> and this diary was kind of waiting for me meaning family members knew that he wrote it they had it and when i was at a certain age in my life i could have it when i was offered it i kind of put it off because i wanted to get to the age he was when he died which was like 29 years old because i just didn't know what was in it it was very you know you don't know what you're going to read right so anyway two years on uh, two years ago on anniversary of his death i decided to read it before that point i just couldn't and i never understood the level of emotional stress confusion depression all these things my father was going through i just didn't know and also i just didn't understand them because i never experienced them you know i got really good at a young age of shutting my body down my emotions you know so i didn't feel the pain people talked about so i read the diary and you know i was i was a little bit in you know okay well i can't really understand what this man's going for but i do feel sorry for him and i got inspired to write the book to tell his story now when i started writing the book i started experiencing all the same things my father was going through in the diary and i was like i was getting confused i was writing and, and bringing up memories and it was just you know i went through a bit of a breakdown a bit of a breakthrough and the book honestly is a documentation of my experience and how my father has been guiding me from above right and every single chapter as a page out of the diary in there and why i say it's a good book is because you see this this kind of transition of a man uh, well two men really one man who actually you know went to the grave my father died in a fire and myself who is you know come out of it and still going through you see two men going through this confused battle and um you know you you see the growth of somebody you really and myself as well, i can look at it and read it and think you see somebody evolving the book is out all the donations and all the royalties are going to help children that have lost their parents as well and the main reason for me sharing the book because when i wrote it then i was in this kind of like dilemma of like do i want people actually reading this intimate things about my life and then i was like yes you know why because sharing is caring and too many people including my father will go to the grave with not opening up and sharing and asking for help so this book is also to inspire men in particular and women to discuss things share things and to be vulnerable and open and be okay with going through your struggles because in in in, in the reward of doing so you will build strength strength is everything <laughs> back to that no, you're completely right and that's I like that you've you've said it a couple of times like do not go to your grave with these things because you're not living the, the complete fulfilled life you could have led if you've got these sort of like harnesses or these shackles on that you've not overcame these things right mm. they say that the Live most it to the fullest. valuable place in the world is the graveyard don't they because so many of the world's treasures die with the people you know ideas that just never come to fruition and on that very deep level <laughs> deep stuff man <laughs> no but brilliant though fascinating from well you're in your story of how you've transitioned that it's really 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 good if anyone listening wants to get in touch with christian anything resonates want to want to learn more or if you want to order his book 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put it there and there. Um, yeah, check us on our socials. Thank you very much for listening, Christian. Thank you very much. Well, thanks very much. That was a very interesting podcast. It was thank indeed. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate your time and thank you again. And all thanks. the best. Thank you. Yalla. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.